into something, to be somewhere where we have never been before. And that's the whole point of this reading from Joshua chapter 1. I want to show you a clip. And uh, one of two of you saw this earlier this week. If you were with me in another meeting, I did. But uh, one of the exciting things that God has done for me over the years, it's not quite, don't start it yet, uh, please, uh, Cozy, that uh, is to be in situations where I have watched this truth being demonstrated. And sometimes like when we see something being demonstrated, it encourages us then to do it ourselves because we've seen it exampled in somebody else. Now, many of you will remember, at least some of you will remember, that when this building was opened in 2011, was it? Uh, 2012, that my friend Kidbuck from India was here. And I was with Kidbuck again in India earlier this year. And I want to show you this little clip. And the reason I'm showing you this little clip is this. Kidbuck, who's a similar age to me, I'm not going to go in what that is, but we are getting older, but he's still saying, Lord, I want to possess the land for you and your kingdom. And this little clip is about a new school that was only started two years ago, way away out in the, in the remote part of the, uh, the Kazi Hills. And, and the reason he's doing this is he knows that if these children are touched, their families are touched. And if their families have touched, the whole area is changed. And all the challenges of alcohol, of drugs, of poverty, of unemployment, and all the things that are a tragedy on this uh, community can change. So I want to introduce you to a few, uh, well, about 200 actually, children in Mao Blay, which is way up in the Kazi Hills in northeast India. Please forgive the person who introduces this video. He looks awful. That's because he was very tired and was not very confident about the technical side of all of this, all right? So just ignore him, but watch what uh, is, goes on there and the story. Thank you.
just an illustration. No, 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 no. Well, give God the glory. And we're still committed in any way we can to help them. But the whole point of it is, those things don't happen unless God's people are strong and courageous. So the challenge this morning is, what is God calling you to? What within the context of the the story of Joshua in Joshua chapter 1, of a moving on from one generation to another generation, what is God calling you to do within the next phase of your life? Of course, within the context of uh, that story, Moses has died. But as far as I'm concerned, these truths that we find in Joshua chapter 1 are there for us in every stage of our life. God is always beckoning us forward. God is ahead of you in your life. God is saying, come to where I am. Walk to where I am. Be strong and courageous in that place. I've done a bit of a PowerPoint here just to help us through a little bit if anybody wants to take any notes or anything like that, if you're into that sort of thing. Be strong and courageous. Now, the first thing that we need to understand within that journey is this, that uh, God always, as I've said, sets before us something. And he sets before us a new beginning sometimes. Maybe there's a new beginning in your life in some way. Maybe a new job. Maybe it changes in the family. Maybe all sorts of things that are happening. But within our life, there is always a new beginning. And let me say this to you, just to sow a little seed to you. Every morning, you open your eyes is a new beginning. Every day has a possibility in God. Every day has a potential for his kingdom. And so it's not necessarily that we're looking for the big things, although great as they are. But every day is a new beginning where we begin with him. And every place that he takes you is a place, according to what God said to Joshua, is a place that you can possess for his kingdom. I really do believe this, that whenever you determine in your heart, and it is a decision that we make, to look at a situation, the place that you are are in, and say, God, give me your perspective on this place, wherever it may be, then we see something different. I mean, I'm not saying that I do this all the time, but I had a lovely little incident which I, I was really, for me, quite fun in that in one sense. When I was just flying back just a month ago, actually, from Asia, where I'd been doing some meetings and things, I was in Schiphol Airport and waiting for the Norwich flight. Some of you will know the little place where you have to sit. And uh, the uh, Norwich flight always leaves away from the airport building, so you have to get on a bus to get to it. And uh, so we were waiting for the flight to be called. It was called, and, you know, all very British and that, you all queue up. It's not like that in Asia, I can assure you. You run for the barrier and get, you know, whoever the strongest gets through first. But, I mean, we queued up, and uh, this guy, about, uh, you know, maybe ten foot away, was standing there in his mid-twenties, and I saw he had a black t-shirt on and it said sinner oh I thought that's interesting and I wondered because there was some writing underneath that I couldn't read if it did actually have a scripture or something on it but anyway 
That's, uh, that, anyway, he was in the queue and I was in the crew. We went out, we got on the bus and there was all these people on the bus. It was quite a full flight. I sat down, there was a seat behind me and would you believe it, Sinner came and sat next to me. Well now there's a challenge, isn't it? So what do you do? What would you have done? Well I tell you what I did, you can call me mad Englishman, but uh, I hadn't been out in the midday sun, but you know, I said to him, that's a very interesting comment you've got on your t-shirt, you know. Oh yes, he said, I like everybody to know who I am, right? I thought, oh, that doesn't sound too good. And I said, what does it say underneath? Oh, he said, it's the name of the nightclub in New York where I got the shirt from, okay? So that's where he got it from. So I said, well, actually, I said, funnily enough, you say you're a sinner. I said, I'm a sinner too. And I looked at him straight in the face and said, but I've been saved by grace. Oh, he said, you're one of those, are you? So anyway, by this, by this time, we were at the plane. Now, I never saw him again. I did discover in a little bit of the journey that he works in Norwich, and I did discover what he did. So if you see a young guy walking around Norwich with a black T-shirt on and it says sinner, go up to him and say, I understand you had a conversation with a man on the bus in Schiphol Airport, and he might just say, good heavens, Lord! You've got your hand on me. And he might get saved. But that is how God works. My part was only very, very small. What might your part be? What might your part be? Every place on which we put our foot, he has given us to possess. And there's something about what God is saying, I believe, to Christians today about being much more courageous, much more strong in that particular area. And don't forget this, that God has placed in you overcoming faith, primarily for the fear that holds you back, primarily for the fear that keeps your mouth closed, primarily from the fear that stops you reaching out to somebody and saying, are you okay, can I pray for you? All the different things that we put up as obstacles, God understands it and he loves us and he doesn't condemn us for it, but he would say this to us, look at Jesus, I have given you through him overcoming faith. To step on every piece of land and to possess it for me. Be strong and be courageous. And the other wonderful thing about that is this, is that all of that time, in all of these things, in every activity he calls you into it, his presence is with you. You see, we often have this concern, don't we, that we're on our own. We often have this concern that you've been, you've been left. You know, that whatever it is God's called you to do, oh gosh, I'm, I haven't got the gifts, I haven't got the strength, I haven't got the energy, I, I don't know what to say, I'm, you know, I'm just uh, whoever I am. But then we forget that his presence is with us. Therefore, we are not on our own. And because his presence is in us, oh, I'm going to get excited in a minute, because his presence is in us, hallelujah, every resource of heaven is open to you. Hallelujah! Come on, get excited! Come on, come on, wake up! Every resource of heaven is open to you to meet every person who's on your street and in your town and in your area, wherever he may take you. Every resource of heaven has been opened up to you. But do we believe it when the fear overtakes us? Maybe some do, maybe some don't. Maybe some are more worried about rejection. 
Maybe some are more worried about what somebody might say to them if they say something that is out of line. Friends, one of the things that uh, God was saying so clearly to Joshua at this point is this. My presence is with you. Therefore, nothing that I put before you can be withheld from you. Now, that doesn't necessarily mean that it's going to be easy. We, we, uh, and one of the things that Sandra and I have a, an interest in and we, we pray for it every day through a prayer, the message that we get, is we pray for the Elam ministries, uh, which are concerned with uh, the Christian life and the Christian people in Iran. And there are many there who are in prison. Now, I'm sure they know from what I've read that God is with them. But they're still in prison. See, the promise is not easiness. The promise is presence. That however tough and however difficult it may become, his presence is there with us. So what vision, what dream, what plan, what possibility is in your life today in order that you may possess a new land for him? As I thought about this, I I really do want to look at the four occasions in that Joshua chapter 1 where we are challenged to be strong and courageous. And I, as I've prayed about this and thought about it, believe that this looks at four particular areas of our understanding of who we are as Christians and challenges us to live in them and to walk in them in a more positive and real way. And so, the first one where uh, we're told that we are to be strong and courageous, we find in, chapter, in verse 6, Be strong and of good courage, for to this people you shall divide an inheritance, the land which I swore to their fathers to give them. They are told that they have got to divide the land. And I want to talk, therefore, about the kingdom that they were going to possess. We know very well, don't we, that when the children of Israel were, by God's grace, delivered from Egypt, and Moses was the deliverer in that sense, although God obviously was behind it all, the promise was, I'm going to take you to a new land. I'm going to take you to a place where there is milk and honey. I'm going to take you to a place that you will possess. Uh, A land which will help my people to be the people I've called them to be to build a kingdom which would be the kingdom of Israel. The land that was promised all the years previous to that in the time of Abraham. So we know within the context of Scripture what was said to Joshua was this, there is the geographical place, go and possess it. Now, for us, within the context of the New Testament, I want to suggest that for us we are to possess a new truth, And that truth is the kingdom of God, where Jesus is king. And I want to say to you this morning, as we think about the kingdom that we are to possess, this is the kingdom where Jesus is king. Let's let's begin right at the beginning here. How much is Jesus king in your life? Hmm? How much does he rule and reign? What bits are still your agenda and your way of doing things and what bits are his agenda and his way of doing it? Your time, your gifting, 
Your money, your possessions, how much of it is under the kingship of Jesus? If he's the king and he says, I want you to do this, go there, spend that, release this, if he's the king, we should do it. So why is it that most mission agencies that I'm aware of and I'm in contact with a lot, why is it that most churches that I have contact with are always talking about finance when actually finance should be the last thing on the agenda because we've all released because we say everything we own is his. And it's the same within the context of the church. I'm always so excited when I come in this building because for me, it brings back all the memories of the things that we moved through in order that this should take place. The months of prayer that some of us did. Some of us fasted, saying, Lord, we want to do something because that building's full. We don't want to go into two services. We want to have something that everybody can get in. And when I come in here, it's like, Hallelujah, Lord. Your people gave sacrificially that this building may be done. And I know it's the heart of everybody here that the use of these buildings it should be done sacrificially. God gave these buildings, what, what reason? That they would be an example and a witness to everybody in the area. Hallelujah! Let's see the hundreds come in. Let's see every room occupied every day. But that's the point being, we're serving the community. Because that's what it's all about. And as we think about the kingdom of God, whether it be within the context of what God gives us, within what we said here at Whitard Road, we need to hear this truth again. Jesus announced it at the beginning of his ministry. Several times it's in Scripture. We find it particularly in Mark chapter 1 and verse 15. The time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. And the key to that, the word that I think should be in here, is the word, yeah, I believe that. Therefore, I must be obedient to what he says. Possessing the kingdom is about obedience to what he has said. Living under the king. If you analyse, and it's a dangerous thing to do, but if you try and get to in some memorable way some principles about the kingdom of God there are basically and most theologians would agree with this some maybe not that there are five areas of kingdom possession that you need to have in your life and I need to have in my life and they are these where's it gone there should be another line on there but uh, let me tell you they're on my print out here but there we go number one is this we need to possess the promises of God the kingdom of God is about living under his promises how well do you know the promises of God when you come to prayer and when I go to prayer when we kneel down uh, and pray whether it be on our own and within the context of a group or wherever it may be we say Lord this is what we see but this is the promise of your word And the only way that we can do that is if we know what the promise is. And that's living under the king. There are, some theologians have tried to list all the promises of God in Scripture. 
they range from those who say, oh, there's about 80, to those who say there's about 600. In other words, there are so many promises and nobody really knows how to work it out that God's word is full of promises. How well do you know the promises of God? How much do they fill your prayer life? You see, we sometimes speak a lot of words. I'm to blame for that one, that's a sure thing. We speak a lot of words. You laughed, Andy. I'll pray for you afterwards. That's all right, we're good friends. Well, we were anyway. (laughs) You know, we come out with all our requests. But you know, what we need to know is, what has God promised about that situation? What has God said in his word about that relationship? What has God said about what my attitude should be to that person? And then we claim the promise of God. I don't know why that line isn't coming up there. Huh? Oh, there it is. Hallelujah. The second one is patience. You know, whenever I think about this, I think of how patient God has been with his people. Isn't God a God of patience? Aren't you thankful that he... Oh, the wonders of modern technology. Before I called, he answered. God is so patient. Aren't you thrilled that God is far more patient than you are with some people. One of the signs of the kingdom of God is a people who are patient, who wait for God to come through, who know that every day has its own pattern. The Bible says, give not an anxious thought. We rest in patience for God to fulfill his promise. One of the things that I think that God's people need to understand is that as we move around the world in your work situation, in your neighborhood, with your friends, whoever it may be, is that we need to be a people who are showing patience. Now, I'll confess to you, I don't find that easy. Ask Sandra. You know, if I've got a thought in my mind, I have to do it then. I can't sometimes wait. I have to slow down and wait for God to open up the opportunity but patience is a mark of kingdom the second thing is praise how much full of praise are you how does praise fill your life one of the things that I would love you know and and I'm a bit of a dreamer you know forgive me well I think you forgive me hopefully you do is this I would love it that all our churches here and that we would be so excited about when God inhabits the praises of his people we are changed do you believe that you're changed when we inhabit, he inhabits our praises what about all our churches opening at 6 o'clock every morning and every morning there being a praise service before you go out and work or before you enter the day wouldn't that be wonderful I wonder how many things would be changed I wonder what situations would just disappear Because his people have said praise is the most important thing we do. Hallelujah. So we start at six o'clock tomorrow. Oh, I'm not here any longer, am I? So (laughs) I can't say that. But, (laughs) you know, praise is important. And of course, it's not just that. That might be just a, a dream of an old man. But where is praise in your prayer life? Where is praise within the context of your life within a family? Where is praise within the context of when you sit and you're on your own and something in your heart and you just praise God for a song or just in your own language or whatever it might be that God gives you. 
Praise is at the core of who we are as God's created being. We are made to praise and worship God. So why does it take sometimes the second or third or fourth priority in our life, if even that? Provision. He is the God of all provision. Therefore, we need not fear. We can do exactly what God asks us to do, knowing that provision will be made. And when that provision is on there, I believe within the context of the kingdom, it could be physical uh, provision within the context of food or money or housing or anything else like that. It may be the provision of the gift that you need, the revelation that you need, the discernment that you need within any situation it is. Because as we said earlier, whoa, hallelujah, heaven is full of resources. I love that scripture in uh, Psalm 23 where it says, He sets a table before me. What's on the table? All his provision. Wow! Even in the presence of my enemies, there's provision. Power. I love the fact that Paul said to the church at Corinth, When I came among you, I determined to preach Jesus Christ crucified and risen and to demonstrate the power of the Holy Spirit. How hungry are you for the power of God? How hungry are you for miracles? How hungry are you to see not just the promise, but the fulfillment of the promise, whether that be within healing, whether that be in open doors that God does, but to earnestly seek and believe that the power of God cannot be resisted when it is demonstrated in the world. I love to read, I'm sure many of you do, of the revivals of the past. Uh, we've just had a book, or they say just had a book, it must be a couple of years ago now, if not longer than that, that spoke about the revival that was in East Anglia that started in Lowestoft and then spread up to uh, Yarmouth and then came to Norwich. Chandra read it first and she kept saying, oh, look at this, look at this, this is amazing. She kept telling me all the wonderful things that were in there. Norwich Central Baptist Church, which was St. Mary's Church, filled three times a day, filled three times a day with people praying for a move of God in our city. My goodness. And countless people through the power of God were brought into the kingdom. We've got to be strong and courageous. I'm not going to leave it there within the context of of where we are saying now that to be strong and courageous, number one, you need to be strong and courageous in setting forth the agenda of his kingdom not yours his I remember reading some time ago a a book written by Winston Churchill it was to do with many things that he said during the course of the war years but one of the things he said this when we eventually land on on the beaches of Normandy it's only the beginning we will then have to possess and free Europe Maybe some Christians, maybe you, sometimes me. Oh, we're happy with we're Christians. Oh, we know a lot of the truth. But let me tell you this. Still, until we see the full revelation of the kingdom of God, particularly within the context of these five principles, we're still only a bridgehead. We've yet to possess what God has promised. The second one there is number seven, uh, verse seven. Only be strong and very courageous that you may observe and do according to all the law which Moses my servant commanded you. Do you turn from it to the right? Do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left. 
that you may be successful, that you may be prosperous wherever you may go. And I believe that this is the thing that we need to return to. All of us need to return to truth. And by truth, I mean God's truth. That you may observe all the laws. Now, putting it back within the context of our reading, yes, the children of Israel needed to obey and observe the laws as they entered into the promised land. And you know the story as well as I do. Sometimes they did and they were successful and they prospered. Sometimes they forgot it and then God's pleasure was withdrawn in that sense and they did not prosper. The harvests weren't there. The enemies came in and fought them. The battles were there because they did not observe the law as they should. I want to say to you that we need to be a people who have more and more confidence in God's word. One of the main areas of Satan's attack and he's got his eye on you and me. But if he can get you to think, did God say? And then you think, maybe he did or maybe he didn't then it paralyzes us. It dilutes our walk. We're less effective because we are questioning the integrity and the authority of God's Word. Can I encourage you to be more and more a reader of, a student of, a studier of God's Word? Get underneath it. You know, Jesus said to the Pharisees and Sadducees, you know the Word, but you don't understand the Spirit by which it's been written. Our churches are filled with lots of people who have a lot of head knowledge, but we've got to get underneath that. We've got to understand the spirit that is behind what God wrote because only then will we be empowered to go and live that truth in the world and have the confidence to do it. Find out the truth. Let it change your heart in every way. Jesus reveals it. We receive it. I've said this, and I must have said it in this room, I don't know, a thousand times or more. If you want to know how you should be in any situation, in any relationship that we're in, or anything that challenges your life, read the Gospels. You'll find Jesus will show you how to respond. And it might not be easy. It might need you going to somebody and saying, I'm really sorry. It might need tears in your eyes. It might need a change of direction. But because it's based on the truth, and ultimately you know it because it's there in John 14, 6, isn't it? I am the way and the... Where do we find the key? In Jesus. In Jesus. And it changes who we are. And of course, within the context of uh, what was being said here, that they would be successful, that they would be provided for, is what some versions put it. I put this scripture in because, uh, whoops, I'm pushing the wrong knob here. And my God shall supply all your need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus, Philippians 4.19. Who's always talking about physical things again? No, I'm not. It says on there, and my God shall supply all your need. I need courage. I need boldness. I need help. I need a word from God that will be put in my mouth to say something. All my needs are met according to his riches in glory in Christ Jesus. Is that how you live your life?
you live your life desiring to live out the truth of the, uh, to live out the, the principles of the kingdom of God based on the truth of his word the, four, the third strong and be courageous we find in verse 9 have I not commanded you be strong and of good courage do not be afraid nor be dismayed for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go for the Lord God is with you wherever you go the promise is always his presence when did you last and when did I last really sense the presence of God so much so that it was an opportunity whether you took it or whether you're not or whether you're still working it out that in that presence you were changed to me it's inconceivable that we should be in the presence of God whether we say in the presence of the risen Lord Jesus or whether we say in the presence of his Holy Spirit it's the Trinity, it's God and they are all equally God to me it is impossible that you could experience his presence and not be changed by it how could that be? Moses fell down in front of a bush because it was on fire. He was never the same after that. Gideon was at a threshing floor and the presence of God comes. He was never the same after that. Peter stands on the Sea of Galilee and Jesus says, Do you love me, Peter? He was never the same again. Paul walks along the Damascus Road and has an encounter with Jesus his life was totally changed John Wesley goes to Aldersgate Street suddenly he's a new man my friend Kidbuck is walking down a street in Calcutta 40 years ago having been many more years ago than that I think and suddenly God speaks to him and says don't do this I've called you to be a servant to your people what about you? are you so looking and wanting and desiring and giving time for God's presence to impact your life that you will be changed as a result of it I guarantee that if we make that something that is important in our lives a priority in our lives not only will you be changed but this fellowship will be changed your family will be changed our city and our nation will be changed we need to be a people who are wanting and seeing and knowing his presence Jesus reveals it and we enjoy it one of the things that I think is a real indictment on our society and I'm going to be very careful how I say this because I don't want to offend anybody is that I heard only just a few weeks ago and I wish I'd have written it down that the number of people who go to our doctors now for pills to quieten them down that they might have peace that they can sleep at night because they've got no peace in their lives is constantly going up people are not living in peace and yet this is the promise that God gives us that we should be a people who are knowing he is with us 
And if he is with us, then we are a people of peace. What about you? What about you? And the fourth one is this, and it comes from the event at the end of this little chapter here that we've read. Remember, we're talking about being strong and courageous, and it's quite simply this. Joshua says to uh, some of the tribes, the Reubenites, the Gadites, and half the tribe of Manasseh, you are going to possess this land which is on the east of the Jordan. But I want you for a moment or two, for a day or two, for a month or two, it might cost you your life. I don't know how it's all going to work out, but I want you to cross over with your brethren so that you can help them possess the land that God has given to them. And I believe that God is saying something there to us about what we need to have in the context of unity. We need to be working together in a group, you as his people. We need not to be in competition with other churches and fellowships. We need to find the common way forward. We need to begin to see materialized in our world the answer to Jesus' prayer in John 17, that they may be one in order that the world might see and believe that you have sent me. What greater motivation do we need than to get our hands in the hands of other people and say, we can't do this on our own, let's do it together. I might need to let go of this principle, I might need to sacrifice that, but together we can make an impact in the world. And Joshua says to these people, these two and a half tribes, the the other tribes, the other whatever it is, I can't do it, nine and a half tribes, they can't do it on their own. You need to be with them. And I wonder what God is saying today to his church, maybe to you, about tasks in your life, things that God has set before you, that you cannot do it on your own, but you need to be in unity with somebody else. And at the end of that chapter, when uh, the people say, yes, we will do this, we will follow you, Joshua, we will do that, the word comes again, only be strong and of good courage. Because the promise is that when you work in that way, there's something about his presence that will bring peace in all relationships. Jesus reveals it and we rest in the fact that he has given it to us. Be strong and courageous. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let, it not, let, let not your heart be troubled. Neither let it be afraid. When we work in peaceful unity with others Hmm. I wonder how much different life would be in our land if somehow or other the churches could get it together more than they do I'm not saying it isn't happening there are many places where it is happening but where does it need to happen with greater strength and with greater commitment in order that the people of our land may see and believe that God sent Jesus and that he is the saviour of the world be strong and be courageous be a people of the kingdom be a people who are standing on the truth of God because you have immersed the truth of God you believe the truth of God and the enemy will not rob you of the truth of God be strong and courageous because you have sat in his presence 
he has changed you from the inside out. Be strong and courageous. Hold hands with others because together we can get the job done. Don't know what it says to you this morning. Don't know how it challenges you. Don't know what it means to you within the context of your personal lives or within the context of your uh, church life. I'm not sufficient up to date with things to even begin to contemplate that. But what I will say is this, that if you're going to reach Thorpe, Heartsease, Norwich, you've got to be strong and courageous. It's got to be built on the truths of the kingdom. It's got to be standing on the truth of his word. It's got to be a people who take his presence into a situation. It's got to be a people who are joined together with one heart and one mind and one voice. You'll see these words appeared on the slides. I ask you this morning as we come just to respond in prayer, will you embrace that? Will you receive that? Will you enjoy that? Hallelujah. God wants us to enjoy it. Will you rest in that? Because God calls you and he calls me to be strong and of good courage. And that's the challenge for us today. be quiet for a moment shall we maybe Richard could come up and the other musicians my spirit is saying this to me and when I say my spirit I believe it's God's spirit within me is saying that there are those here in different walks of life and in different roles in life who are facing something fresh and new it may be to do with challenges in the family. It might be to do with challenges in health. It could be a challenge within the workplace. It could be a challenge within church life. But I believe God is saying this. Be strong and courageous. Don't hang back. I will help you possess the land. My presence will go with you. Let's bow our heads together and just be quiet for a moment. Lord, you know where each one of us is at in this journey of walking with you. Lord, it's not intended to be an easy walk, but it is intended to be a walk where there is fruitfulness, where we possess new land, where borders of darkness are pushed back and we encompass and live and share the life of your kingdom. Lord, I pray that you would speak into each one of our hearts now. You would speak into our families now. That you would speak into the family of this church now. And that there would be a sense in which living in the truth of your presence, the truth of your kingdom, the truth of your work,
would step into areas perhaps we've never stepped in before and do great exploits for you where your power and your glory can be seen because we have put our trust totally in you. Lord, help us this morning before we leave this building to embrace that, to receive it, to be willing enough to say, yes, Lord, whatever it is, we will do it and we will trust you. And we pray, Lord, that somehow or other, as we enter into a new week, as we look down the weeks that are to come, you would remind us of this moment today where we have said to you, yes, Lord, we will be strong and courageous. I can't get away from that feeling in my spirit that there are some people here who, the way that I would put it is this, that God has shown you an open door in your life, something that he wants you to do, uh, somewhere he wants you to go, somewhere he wants you to be. Um, it could be any of those things, but he's, he's showing you something and you've been looking at this open door, but your feet have been like they've been in concrete. You haven't been able to walk through that door yet. And I think God is saying to you today, why not take that opportunity this morning to say to him, I will walk through that door because of your kingdom, because of your truth, because of your presence. And if I need others to help me, I'll be humble enough to ask it that together we may see your kingdom come. Just going to be quiet for a moment. If that's you, I'm not going to embarrass anybody, but you make that response to God. You make that response to God. If you want somebody to pray with you, certainly I'll be willing to pray with you and others in the leadership here will be willing to pray with you. There's the prayer space over there. You can go and spend time on your own. But let the transaction be done today. Joshua had the word of God. Today, be strong and courageous. Lord, we commit that to you. You know what you've spoken into each individual heart here. You know, Lord, whether they've received the word or just let it go over their head or whatever. You know everything about us. But we're saying, Lord, your promises, your word never returns void. And we pray that you would bring a harvest of fruitfulness from our sharing together today for your honor and glory. In Jesus' name.